The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too The most wonderful time of the year. No, there's no movie watches. There's no holidays uh, to to report on. No friends. It's much better than that. It's Max Fun Week, a celebration, a week long celebration of all things uh, related to the Maximum Fun Network. Now, I want to clarify here because I've seen some people. You know, you talk about Max Fun Week, and everybody goes, "Oh, another pledge drive." But here's the thing. Shut the it's fuck up. Not, yeah. Oh. Well, also, shut up, Wiener. No, I'm but, towing a hard. I'm towing a hard line. You, you just assume every holiday that we cook up and invent is a ploy for us to get money from you. Go, no, go, go eat a bag of butts. Yeah, sorry. Some things are just about human joy, creating human joy. That's where we're at, and that's what the Maximum Fun Network is all about. And that's what we're doing this week. There's been already a, a bevy. Can I say a bevy? You can. Is that fair? A bevy of activities. Uh, uh, a flurry. A flurry, I guess. Yeah, you could go that uh, uh, as part of the Max Fun Week celebration. And there is, uh, there are, there is more to come today. It's worth noting is share your favorite episode day. So pick your favorite Max Fun. It's gonna show. be this one. I just know it's gonna be this one. It's gonna be this one. And share your favorite episode with somebody. Maybe you're, maybe you like it classic. Maybe Spaghetti Geddon's your favorite episode. Maybe you like one of the live ones. Those are the only two I can remember. <laughs> Or maybe you're branching out and you want to say that, like, your favorite episode is the episode of Jordan Jesse Go I was on or the episode oh, of wow. Lady to Lady I was on. Oh, wow. Branching out, but in two very specific Travis based directions. Or maybe the episode of Wham Bam Pow I was on. Oh, wow. Uh, Travis, are you the most po- prolific Maximum Fun guest, do you think, at this point? Um, do you think you've been on the most number of Maximum Fun shows? Let me think. Yes. Probably. I need to get uh, on Sawbones. I need to find an in there. Yeah, good luck. Uh, uh, MaximumFun.org forward slash MaxFunWeek is where you can go to read all about the activities. There's still a lot more to come. There's also a, uh, depending on when this publishes, oh, yeah, there'll be time. There is an Ask Me Anything with uh, Jesse and Jordan uh, at 2. These are Pacific times, by the way. At 2, Julie from Destination DIY is doing one at 4. And Lisa and Emily from Baby Jesus is doing one at 6. So, uh, yeah. Get there. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked out the new shows, um, check out Destination DIY, check out Flophouse, and I'm now the producer for Baby Geniuses, so, like, triple check that out. Whoa. What's with uh, this? What's with What's with your whole steez lately? Yeah, you're really getting... I, if I can say above your raisin, I feel like you're getting above your raisin right now. Listen, I'm I'm elevated. I'm a new man. I'm on my grind. I'm on my grind. Uh, Travis Cheers. on his grind is the worst. Can we find a happy medium between Justin and I having no grind to speak of whatsoever and you having it like an extreme grind. And we need like shouldn't a medium le- grind like for drip coffee. Shouldn't you legally have to spend some of your grind grinding for us? It seems like I'm well, on that twer- I'm on that twerk. I'm twerking I'm twerking for my personal brand. Mhm. You, you mm-hmm. li- listen, listen. That's my Is butt that your cheeks. Butt? <laughs> 
slapping against That's your my butt. That's my butt cheeks clapping. <laughs> For you, saying, hey, good job, For self. you, saying, great job. You did a really great job on the one podcast you're on. That's not we've true. Got I'm a, actually a ma- on Judge John Hodgman this week, We've too. got a massive guest. Speaking of, we got a massive guest. He is 900 feet tall, and he's made entirely out of granite. It's Judge John Hodgman. That's going to happen uh, soon, so get ready. I mean, Judge John Hodgman is a character that he plays. We get... We yeah. got him. We went behind the scenes, and we got the man behind the man who's obsessed with Bowser from Shanana. <laughs> oh, guys, stay tuned. Until then, if let's do some questions and help some people. If somebody sees in the bathroom stall next to you, should you say "Bless you"? I was recently in a bathroom and I sneezed. The other person in the stall did not say "Bless you." Okay, wait. I think. Okay, I'm assuming that you don't mean in the stall with you. Uh, because that would be rude. <laughs> Touch someone in the stall touching me. <laughs> Someone's um, staring at me, waiting to hand me a hot towel. Uh, then I thought maybe I was being too judgmental. However, the lady didn't wash her hands. Three exclamation points. So I'm not really sure what the proper etiquette would be, since this lady obviously didn't have any. That's from Megan. Well, I first of all, Megan, I want to compliment you on your full in-depth like study of this woman. She didn't sneeze. She didn't say bless you, but she also didn't wash her hands, so it kind of balances out. We have been penalized so many times on this program for rushing to judgment, and I want to celebrate you for not doing that. You could have just said, "Wow, oh, what a jerk," but you decided to go. Uh, you decided to go John Quinones and really explore the whole situation that this woman was uh, encompassing, rather than just saying you're a bad person. You you have a a, a whole. Uh, in-depth investigation, which I really celebrate. And it's really uh, fortunate that you, you didn't rush to judgment and say this person is such a jerk because you would have been dead wrong. Griffin is correct. It is my opinion that when someone is inside the actual stall itself, they cease to exist to you. And it's weird, right? Because, it, and, and obviously I'm uh, saying this as a, as a dude, and this is not so much uh, a thing that a, a woman would experience, but when you're next to each other at the urinal, it is a very communal place. It is a place of bonding and fellowship, I would say. And then in the stalls, you are buried 800 feet underground in a big, <laughs> big safe. And it and is the nobody... reason that if I were at a sink and somebody asked me to hand them a paper towel, not a deal at all. But when someone asks to like for toilet paper because they're it's this like oh oh um who oh, 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 let me oh, yes. For some reason, so it makes me like the I, very idea of it gives me heart palpitations. If you if you responded to that in any life situation, someone is going to try to put a spoon on your tongue, assuming that you are having a. <laughs> um, Why yeah, did I ask? Oh, you, curse me! You can't. You can't make any noise in there. It's a si- it's a silent, safe zone. It's pra- it's practically a church. Upsetting conduct that I have witnessed. Well, not witnessed, obviously, but well, maybe yeah ear witnessed from people installs number one and this one kills me is the listening to music from your phone <laughs> while you're going for it um i was in a toilet at a restaurant the other day and um i was in a stall next to a guy who was shopping for ringtones <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool scene. I mean, when the fuck else are you gonna ask you, Justin? Where do you find the time to build your personal brand? Yeah, and try to figure out uh, how you express yourself to the world. Why uh, you're missing time? Where else are you gonna? Where else are you gonna shop for ringtones, though? Right? Like, if I if, if you're hanging out with friends and loved ones, that's not. 
that's not the time to do it. You're at a picnic? No. You're, I'm going to go play Frolf. I'm not going to shout it is for a good, It is a good point, though. I think the only thing that would be more embarrassing to do in public than uh, defecate would be to try to Shot pick the ringtone that best fits your oh, personal so, style. So stressful. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm too, um, too embarrassed to, to do that anymore. I've got, I've got like a pretty standard issue beep going on now. I, I stumbled on my last phone. I had a, the, uh, the immortal Koji Kondo, uh, theme to, uh, the Yoshi's, the Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island theme. Fun little ditty. Nothing gets better than that, though. One of the things uh, I was most impressed by when I was in Scotland, I mean, along with the beautiful vistas and all of that, was that their bathroom stall doors close in such a way that there are no gaps. Like, you can't see through them. I like, love you can't that. hear in heathen America. Mm. But I've never witnessed any kind of soundproofing in a stall. And that's what you want. I would, I would rather soundproof than sightproof those things, you know what I mean? Maybe some baffling, some nice some, baffling. Oh sure, uh, an a, a inexpensive acoustic treatment. I don't think that's too much to ask. No, now you will need to set fire to it once a day and replace yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah, that foam, that foam remembers. Do you guys want a Yahoo? Yeah, absolutely. This one was sent in by uh, Yadru Answers Shaman Drew Davenport. Thank you, Drew. It's by Yadru Answers user Emily who asks. What can I be for Halloween at work? I have to wear my Papa John's shirt and hat, but not the pants. We can you wear makeup. A pantsless employee. We can. You could go as a fired employee. We could wear makeup or anything else. I also have the whiteout zombie contacts too. What? One what? Yahoo Answers user named Liz responded, "Be a zombie and wear scary makeup." Thanks, you shithead. Nailed you don't it. think they? You don't think they looked at their their constituent components of Got zombie eyes and scary makeup and didn't think, "Well, we'll just do that." <laughs> they're trying to think outside the bun and they're trying to fucking fold a, a, a no pants situation in here or clever clever pants, right? Can you be Papa John's employee from the waist up, mandated by Papa John himself? Um. But but something else from the waist down. You could be like a, a pizza mermaid, or pizza <laughs> pizza centaur. I think would be really pizza great. Pizza centaur. Now you, you will need a friend for this. You will need a friend with eight hours to kill and a who strong back. It's very strong back. Um, uh, he's going to be down by that pizza heat too. So he needs to have a high tolerance. What what if the pizza centaur was the one delivering the pizzas? That would be quite the show to see in your driveway. Mm, but they, I mean, they would eat it. Could you wear, could you find a friend? No, hold on, a, hold on, hold on. Griffin, okay. centaurs do yeah. not just eat any pizza put in front of them. Why would you assume that? They can't. That? They're fucking crazy for this one. And no, by this they're one, very, I mean pizza. They're very well behaved. No, not around they're people pe- just like us. Read my fucking novel read my young my youth adult books my youth adult books <laughs> greek griffin's series of ya fiction sin teens mm-hmm. uh, the story <laughs> of centaur teens trying to uh uh who've traveled here from the equestiverse the main character buck is probably my favorite yeah oh god guys we're gonna lose the big skateboard meet all right get me skateboards two of them because i got four <laughs> legs whoa <laughs> um did could you ask a friend who works at Pizza Hut if you could borrow their pants, and then just everybody comes in and just uh, like, huh, huh, get it? Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you get it? 
Hi, can I get a uh, personal pan pizza? Wait a minute, you don't do that here. I thought it was in Pizza Hut because of your crazy pants. What's going on here? Is this some sort of prank? Pizza, pizza, right? Oh boy. <laughs> You could dress up like, you could dress up your face like the guy in all the Papa John. Is his name just John? Can we establish what no, his I fucking... No, I think his name is, is Papa John. It's Jean. I'm Papa Jean. Um, you could dress up like that dude in the face department, which is to say, like, the most heavily caked on makeup you've ever seen on a dude on television. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. His face extends out like four and a half extra inches from his regular face. He looks like he's wearing, like, one of those sad old clown masks. The oh, Papa John like, guy's wearing like dark man skin. We obviously don't have as many like CEOs in their commercials, I think, as, as we used to. You know, you don't have the Dave Thomases or, or uh, Ron McDonald. Not a lot of uh, uh, in in the commercials anymore. Um, don't you think that? But don't you think that at a certain point you would be in enough commercials that you would achieve? like a base level of competency with being in a commercial like it's at, at some point you would begin to grow as a commercial performer i, 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 I think would, i would argue that papa john has gone the opposite direction no no and, and i think that's just because he's resting more and more control with each commercial he's in i, I think and i think very recently he became in charge of the makeup department, and he says, I just want a little touch-up. Also, can you make my eyes look like that crazy Richard Alpert guy from Lost? Terrific. Thank you very much. Do you much. think maybe the problem is that when he's up there and he's performing with a heavy hitter like a Peyton Manning, it's just really hard for him to like step up to that same level of acting proficiency? Yeah, that's what. That's exactly what Pey- Peyto is bringing to the mix. Peyton is another good example of somebody who is belligerently not getting any better at being in commercials. He's in every commercial and he refuses to learn anything. Stubbornly I, bad. If I was as, in as many football uh, 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 matches as a Peyton Manning has been commercials, at this point I would be, I'm, I mean, throwing the occasional INT, but I think I'd be putting up a decent fantasy performance. Sure. But what if it's like when you when you're like a care you know like a, an actor who's known for that, and it's like he has improved. He's actually got like a, a degree from Juilliard now. But they're like, no, just be the Peyton for the, the subway Peyton. commercial. And he's like, but I really want to like expand. I want to like you know, if you myself. if you insist, I shall put it on the roof. <laughs> Come on down to Papa Jobs Pizza Palace. Did you say pizza with a B? I don't know, man. Touchdown. <laughs> Eli, come here and catch a fat slice. We don't like to call them fat slices. <laughs> it's not appetizing verbiage, Peyto. Did you call it a pizza palace? <laughs> yep. I'm going to get my whole, all my colts around. We're going to slam some pizzas together. Yes. Here's your $5 million. Here, thank you very much. <laughs> I needed that. I'll put it on top of the other $6 million that I earned this week for all my touchdown throws. <laughs> He thinks he still thinks he plays for the Colts. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's upsetting too. No, that's the character of Peyton he plays on TV. <laughs> okay, every horse-based team falls under a single umbrella for him. He did. He did do that. Didn't yeah, he? this motherfucker's this motherfucker's crazier about horses than we are, and I didn't think that was possible. What about the Washington Centaurs? I would root for that team hands down. You guys know that there's a team called the Washington Redskins. You heard about that, right? I've heard of it. Yes. Okay. Do you know? That I, the owner of a three and three fantasy football team, am not at this moment sure 
if that is Washington State or Washington D.C. Here's yeah, here's the hand to fact, God. I don't know. It's a timeshare. It's both. It's both. Oh, yeah. okay. They're like sister city states, and they right. said like we'll go in on this together because each of them couldn't afford a full team by themselves, so they split the cost right down the middle. How mad must Washington D.C. have been? When they hurt, because you know that news took a long time to travel back then. Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers called the they state did what? what? They called it what? I wanted them to call it Oregon, but up some more. <laughs> and that was my original name. I don't see what's wrong with Oregon, but up some more. But fine, fuck it, whatever. They called it Washington, too, at least, right? My husband and I recently moved into our first home in a neighborhood that has a lot of elementary and middle school age kids. My memories of middle school suggest we should be at least a little on guard for mailbox bashing, TP'd trees, and other mild hooliganism. How can we plan our candy costume or exterior decor situation to deter pranking if there is no stopping the tricksters, which we did prepare ourselves in our home for the aftermath? That's from please just take the candy and go. Can I say something? I feel like if your house gets forked, do you guys know about forking? No, mm-hmm. I'm not aware of forking. You so steal you all a, your forks. No, you get a bunch of plastic forks and you like jam them into their yard. And kill all the groundhogs. No, no, no. It's, not, it's just there's forks there now. Where there weren't forks before, now there's forks. It's not just if you get forked or you get mailbox bashed or you get TP'd or egged, I would consider that a refreshing spring breeze compared to like the game that teens are pulling down in today's modern era. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm saying this Halloween, like people are gonna go door to door and like fucking dox people and release their bank account number and like somehow get a picture of everyone's dicks and, <laughs> and post it on your, your fucking next door forum board. And then that's that's the equivalent. That's where we're at nowadays. I'm saying that that the this mild hooliganism has turned into like full blown identity theft. <laughs> in, in real life, I mean, in movies, they always show it being so like upsetting when someone gets TP'd. But I think that like I think it's almost kind of flattering in a way because um, it's like, hey, you're involved in this now. So you're annoying. To get. Have you ever had to get it off though? Oh Ugh. no, you just leave it until the just, birds. What? The birds come get it. Oh, mm-hmm. the birds take it away and build a nest. And, and they wipe their ass. <laughs> Dirty birds. I really liked when um, a couple of kids who we did community theater with tried to TP our house, and then Todd, our huge, huge, huge neighbor, uh, yelled at them and chased them off. Uh, take that, kids. Take that, little kids. Get out is, of here. Is giving away good candy still like a solid defense against this? But it's, it that's extortion be? at that point. Right. You're giving into it. You're negotiating. You're, creating, you're negotiating with you extort, baby terrorists. You turn the extortion around, and you say, like, listen, I bought you full-size candy bars this year. Yeah, you enjoyed that? You like that? Would you like this train to keep it rolling? Well, I guess that's up to you. I think you're just that's, perpetuating a climate of fear. Still extortion. I, 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 I would love to get egged if it meant I didn't have to get doxxed every fucking week and have to move every week. <laughs> And establish new passwords every week and just like explain to people, no, that's not my dick every week. <laughs> that would be excellent if we could avoid that. It would be fantastic if we could just not have that for one. Just give me one week's respite, please. You should just talk to your neighbors and see if this is actually an issue. Because I'm willing. Yeah, to that's bet not a bad idea. Not, I'm willing to bet it's not as bad as you think it is. Keep a porch light on. 
Don't leave your pumpkin on the front porch. Um, you know, I don't know. You're saying don't really... celebrate don't celebrate Halloween essentially. No, no, no. Just at the end of the night, like bring it inside. That's for some reason that's the big concern to me. Someone might smash my pumpkin. Yeah. That's a, I think they're doing you if they do that after trick or treat, they're doing you a favor. You know, I think. what's great in Austin is that they'll smash your pumpkin and then they'll start a compost heap in your front yard. <laughs> so considerate. It's super considerate, yeah. It stinks like shit, though. You guys want a Yahoo? Absolutely. This Yahoo was sent in by Michael Allen. Thank you, Michael Allen. It's by Yahoo Answers user Mr. Lizards, who asks, What should I name my new restaurant that only serves leftovers from other restaurants? <sighs> I am hoping to open a successful restaurant, and I just need a good name. Here's the concept. There's nothing better than eating a delicious meal at a nice restaurant and having enough to take home and eat later. Doubles. My restaurant will serve leftovers from other restaurants so you can experience that joy without the trouble of having to go to the other restaurant in the first place. I plan to offer a premium menu with options from places like Olive Garden, Applebee's, and Red Lobster, as well as value items like Pizza Hut Pizza or McDonald's Burgers and Fries. It is a very wise business model because I will not have the expense startup costs of ovens or grills. I'll just need an extra large walk-in cooler and a few microwaves. Here are some names I'm considering. Good re good re eats. Twice baked. Left leftovers. This is my favorite so far. Please let me know if you need additional info to come up with a good name. The middleman. That's not bad. Sloppy seconds. Sloppy seconds is pretty good too. Time slash money waster. Can we figure out if this is actually Bankrupt. going to be a, a viable business decision? Because I, at, at first blush, I thought about it, and I said, well, the, the overhead there is going to be outrageous, right? You're, you, are, you are spending more money on the food. You're, you're paying for other restaurants' labor, right? And then yeah, you're, you're in the worst markup position you could possibly be. But at the same time, you're going to fucking eat that stuff anyway. So if, 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 the, if, thing, the thing is, the, 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 this question asker is missing... The, the core principle of why leftovers are so great, because you pay for the meal once and you eat it twice. It's mm. not that the cold day old food is so much better than the new stuff. But you, imagine you actually it introduced another set of hands. Someone yes. else has touched this thing. I, it's, 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 I don't think it's a terrible idea, and here's why. My favorite food items at restaurants across the, the great city of Austin, Texas, uh, are just that, uh, all across the great city of Austin, Texas. If I could bring them all together into one super restaurant, ah, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, man, get my favorite dessert from, from, from the Salty Sal and get some, some sushi from Uchiko. Man, actually, you don't really want no. less second-hand sushi. Well, yeah. But let me poke a few holes in this plan. One, like, okay, so say you want a $10 hamburger from TGI Fridays, right? If this place has that, they're going to have to charge you more. So you're going to be paying more for older food. Uh, no, no. You're then how are they going to make money? No, no, no. You're, mis you're misunderstanding. I go to TGI. For, here's, here's the business model. I go to TGI Fridays. I get my favorite $10 burger in the mm -hmm. world. And I eat half of it. And then I take that to the to Sloppy Seconds. And maybe they give me two fifty for it. Then they reheat it, resell oh. it for uh, 7 It's like a food pawn shop. It's, I would insist on consignment, though. Yeah, can I, I come I, back and get the rest of the burger later? <laughs> you hold on to this burger for 30 days. 
the only uh, uh, one of the advantages I could see to sloppy seconds would be that I could buy Chick Fil A with a clean conscience. Mm. They have filtered the hate through sloppy seconds. Although the owner of this place is probably a hateful person too. <laughs> let's yeah. be sure. honest, but. I, I could filter it. I could have some plausible deniability there. It was already bought. Whoa, this is from... Oh, my God. I had no idea. I mean, it did taste like soggy, like, pickle chicken. So I should have known. <laughs> I, I'm just picturing a desperate person, like, at the counter saying, these are good French fries, man. These are good French... I paid top well, dollars for these French fries. And, and there, Travis, you've just pulled the linchpin out. And the whole thing just fucking fell apart. Because this restaurant cannot possibly, under any circumstances, sell French fries. Just can't exactly. be can't be done. And old nachos. Old nachos especially, no. No. And french fries, no. The whole thing is just terrible. I would probably eat there. You probably would, would because you. you're a fucking sarlacc in the shape of a man. <laughs> you're a sarlacc in cowboy boots. Uh, can we go ahead and go to the money zone? I think we should. Good news, Mr. Roughface. I really, I've asked you several times to stop calling me that. It's not my. It's hurtful. There's one solution, though, uh, for your rough face. You don't even. Only one. Finally, good news, everyone. Someone invented the razor. My brother, my brother, and me is supported by Harry's.com, the place that invented, finally, the razor. I don't think that's 100% true. Harry's delivers a better, by which I mean first, (laughs) <laughs> shaving experience for a fraction of the price of their competitors, of which there are none. So did they name them after the fucking scooters then? Yes. Named after the popular yet defunct method of trans- teen transportation, uh, the, the company makes amazing German-engineered uh, razors. I don't know why we have to specify German-engineered as they are the only uh, items of their kind. Just I myself have shaved with uh, the world's first razor, and I can say that it was a smooth shaving experience. Actually, you know what I got uh, this week? They sent, uh, Harry sent me some uh, uh, some additional shaving products. There was some aftershave lotion from Harry's, which I've never tried before, uh, and I actually used this morning, and I found the scent delectable. So you're saying I no longer just have to burn all the hair off my face every other day? No, don't get that that comically oversized magnifying glass out to try to burn individual hairs like so many ants crawling across the scape of your visage. But I kind of no. like I kind of mm. like the way it feels now. Would you say it works better than wishing the hair off? Yes, it does. It works better than all other methods. It, this hmm. is a how does it work? Well, here let me describe it. For fifteen dollars, you will get a uh, a stick. Uh huh. You will get some cream. Okay. You put the cream on your face. You will get and some. And sh- it's flammable cream, and it helps burn the hair. No, it's not in any way flammable. Shit. You will get cream. three sharp metallic <laughs> wishing cream, wishing cream. <laughs> Smear it on your face. It's a wishing cream it's by Menon. <laughs> no, no, there's no wishing cream. Uh, this there is, is actually- wishing cream by Menon. I fucking brought it <laughs> off my TV once. I think that that is a competing shave place that you probably shouldn't mention in a Harry's ad. Oh, can I? what uh, if I say it sucks dick? <laughs> what well, doesn't exist in the fiction of the ad? You For $50, you get a handle, a stick to put the sharp things on. You get three blades, which are sharp, metallic, 
like flat things that you scrape across your face and it makes the hair die. Like railroad rails. Is that They're like flat railroad rails that you scrape across your Sold. face. <laughs> 15 bucks for that. And you get three different blades. So the uh, the one downside of razors that they're hoping to fix in the coming months is that they eventually dull over time. But there are three blades now, so you can swap them out once they get a little dull and you don't get that smooth shaving experience. And they even offer custom engraving, so you can get your, the handle of your razor engraved with your initials. It's convenient and it's easy to order online. Go to harrys.com and use the promo code MYBROTHER, all one word, and Harry's is going to give you $5 off your first purchase of the first razor for all My Brother, My Brother, and Me listeners. What a deal. We also are sponsored this week uh, by Prosper, who has sponsored uh, us before. And it's a super cool idea, in my opinion. And basically what it is, you go to prosper.com. It's a peer-to-peer lending site. Um, so the idea is is that rather than go to a bank, rather than go to some big faceless bank that doesn't give two shits about you, you go to prosper.com, and it's other people just like you lending you the money. My bank said um, they love me. Your bank does not love you. They love you like like a grain in the ocean. They don't give two literal shits about you. But <laughs> you can borrow up to $35,000 from Prosper. But here's the thing. They also do smaller loans, too. Because if you're like me, you think about the 35000 and that's like an astronomical imaginary number. But they also do as low as $2,500. So anywhere in between that, you can apply for those loans. Maybe, you know, it, banks give out lots of home loans. They give lots of car loans. But maybe you're looking for something to pay off a medical bill. Maybe you're wanting to go on a vacation. Maybe you're needing to pay for a honeymoon or a wedding. Uh, or you've got moving expenses or anything like that that maybe a bank would say, well, that's not really the kind of thing we do. Well, Prosper does. So we you love, you, we love you, though. Like, I'll yeah, fucking like I'll us come Banks Christmas don't time. love you. Like, I'll they wish fucking you were buy dead. that again. They wish you were dead. And here's the thing. You can uh, apply online. You never have to set foot in a bank. You just go to prosper.com, apply online. You can check your rate instantly without affecting your, your credit. Then go to prosper.com slash my brother. If you get a loan, you get $50 gift card. Check it out. You want to do, uh, you want to do this in the style of Jimmy Buffett, maybe? Just yeah, like how, how you think he talks? Give me one second. Are you getting a guitar? Son of a bitch. Other restrictions apply. See your site for program and Visa prepaid card details. This card is issued by a center from State Bank of Florida, NA, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. All personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah Chartered Industrial Bank member, FDIC, equal opportunity. Lender. I think, I think. Okay. Wasted away right. again in needing Moneyville. Going to Prosper oh, more. to get some dough. This is great because we'll need a Prosper loan to pay off the Some people bills. claim yeah. that I'm not worth the risk. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> I'm not worth the risk. <laughs> All right, so, and we're going to just keep on, we're going to get through all this together. Um, got a message for the cutie patootie with the rockin' booty. Shit. Aw, somebody's reaching out to me. Uh, Speak, talk to me. <laughs> this message is for Justin. Uh, uh, it's from Luke, a.k.a. Pajamari. You know, that name that you two have for him. 
Justin, cute beauty. No. I'm not the cutie patootie with a rockin' booty. No. It's actually Rosie O'Donnell. Luke says to Rosie O'Donnell, you thought I couldn't outdo last year's present of infiltrating Chinatown and buying Pokemon X and Y before the street date? Well, bam! Here's our favorite brothers breaking the street date on our love. People may mistake us for siblings on the reg, but we should probably still make out. Catch you later, Bananimator. Catch you later, Bananimator. I did it faster that time. And are you ready to have your minds blown? Mm-hmm. We are delivering this on the day. Oh, shit. Whoa, yeah. nice. Um, well, don't nice. say that, because we're recording this pretty far ahead of time. And I mean, No, it's correct. On the 20th. We're no, doing I'm just, it. I'm just saying anything could happen. Okay. Well, happy, uh, what's that, anniversary, love? Is that what it is? Birthday. Birthday? All right. Well, that's good. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's one of those things. <laughs> it's unclear. Happy um, celebration Birthday. Day. It's last year's present, so I don't know. It's, I don't know the occasion. I'm saying this, dude, Luke sounds like a uh, uh, no limit. <laughs> you just read ahead, didn't you? We're going to get to that, but don't, don't rain on Luke sorry, and Cutie Patootie's parade. Um, I think <laughs> it sounds like Luke is a kind of a no limit soldier because he, he could have gone to Pokemon jail for breaking that street date. Yeah. And it's hard in there. Geo dude doing pull ups. <laughs> But Justin, you can wear shorts. You can. they're comfortable and easy That to wear. is true. Justin, go ahead and... I mean, you ruined the fucking... Go ahead and read it, Justin. Who is this message for, Tom Reagan? Who is this message from, future Tom Reagan? What is your message? Having two dicks turned out really great. <laughs> How far in the future is Tom Reagan? Is, it, is, it, is this a minority report situation? Did a, pre, did a precock... <laughs> step forward and and reveal to him an ill omen because this is it's from future not present day tom to past tom this is future tom to present day tom and it's not past tom or current tom reaching out to future tom asking about two dicks uh-huh because so that w- somewhere in the future tom has achieved or had added two dicks Maybe. It turned out really great. So, President Tom, if you're listening and you're debating a major dick decision, I think you know which way to go. Is this coded? I hope not. You just hope it's, you're taking it at face value. His face is the least of his concerns right now. Sure. Having two dicks could have gone either way, but it this turned out really went. great. Mark your calendars for a brand new thing. The first ever Max Fun Week is coming up October 15th through 21st. Max Fun Week's all about celebrating the creativity and passion of our listeners. We'll have podcast crossovers, Q&As, behind-the-scenes tours, giveaways, and more. No fundraising, just awesome stuff for you. So tune into your favorite Max Fun shows, tell a friend about Max Fun, and check out some new shows during Max Fun Week, October 15th through 21st. Well, I'd like to warn all of you um, that... Uh and you can keep this in the podcast or not, this is John Hodgman in New York City. I have profound affection for all three of you. And I think that I figured out which one belonged to which name about one year ago. And, <laughs> and, and or maybe even six months ago, I think I asked Jesse, could you just walk me through it? And he sat me down, he sat me down in, some, in front of some headshots and we got it done. But You just you barely know, beat out our dad, actually. I have no, I have no, no visual 
to go with your voices. So if I get confused between who's talking, I apologize. John, you can picture me however you want. That was Travis. Nailed it. That All right, that last one was Justin. Wow. And then, wow, that was Griffin. <laughs> That's true. It sounded weird, right? I've got that, that baritone register. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's baritone for the McElroy brothers. Yes. (laughs) And here's Griffin on the bass. Sing, Mr. Bassman. Wow. (laughs) I'm sorry to have brought up Mr. Bassman so quickly, but gentlemen, how swiftly can we move into the eternal mystery of Sha Na Na on this program? Because this is I got home from my night shoot on a on a non-television program. At uh, at one a.m. and 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 with the intention of eating seven slices of pizza and going to bed immediately, and while I got the seven slices of pizza down, I then had to go into a deep shanana hole <laughs> because my good friend David Reese had had finally uh, convinced me. No, he didn't. He, he convinced me at the beginning, but I finally got around to to on his recommendation to listening to the great uh, Andy Daly. Uh, podcast project episode Wolfman Hot Dog, which involves Andy Daly's character, famous water skier Hot Dog, largely talking about his obsession with Sha Na Na. And I had not thought about Sha Na Na in a long time. And now that is all I can think about. So I apologize in advance. Well, and now you've spread that through the consciousness of our millions of, of fans. Yeah. Into that. You've, you've injected your serum into the hive mind. Yeah. And, what is, what, 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 your listenership is, uh, is fantastic. It's, it's something, it's 35 million. Is that correct at this time? Correct. It was 30, it's 36 million this week. We had a, we had a wow. really bang up episode Things have yesterday. really turned around since we let Chuck Lorre take the show over. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you. Uh, Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) We're joined by John Hodgman. Uh, This is my brother, my brother, me. And rather than uh, you know just spout on, prattle endlessly, we thought we'd. Oh, are we going to try it differently this week? (laughs) Yeah, we thought we'd let an actual expert uh, answer questions uh, submitted by you, the people. Uh, Have we established just a real ish? Have we established and and forgive me. No, for I think this horrible, this horrible, horrible thing. But the area of your expertise. My name is John Hodgman. I host the Judge John Hodgman podcast, which is another less popular podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. That's not true. I have numbers and that say that's that's not true at all. I quantitatively, have, you, you haven't seen my numbers. Well, look, there are different numbers that can be counted. <laughs> what are numbers? <laughs> and there are three of you, and there's one of me. So that makes you more popular, I think. Well, we yeah. have to, well, we have to split ours three ways, though. Well, look, another podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, and uh, I am also uh, well. I have had a lot of jobs over the past six years, much and all of them to my surprise. I was on the Daily Show and continue to be on the Daily Show from time to time as a contributor, as the resident expert and deranged millionaire on the Daily Show with John Stewart. I was in a series of computer ads for Apple Computer. Uh, which was such a wonderful job that ended now uh, 35 years ago today. Isn't that weird? <laughs> wow. I'm currently, I, I'm currently a recurring character on the FX comedy Married, and, uh, and, uh, and I was working last night on a different uh, television-slash-non-television program, I guess. And a founding member of Moomenshans, right? Oh, if only, if only it were true. I did not mean to intimate that our listeners... Did not know who you are or your your storied body of work. Mm, I, right. I was more suggesting your your the things which people walk up. I walk up to you on the street, 
Yeah. Um, uh, which is a, a very unlikely scenario. Absolutely. And I say, hello, Mr. Hodgman, and the, your brilliance blinds me for a moment. And, <laughs> and, then, I say, and, then I w- and then I would imagine my pepper spray does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I say, I need you to assist me with blank. Right. I'm, I'm just assuming it's everything at this point. Well, I did write a series of books of complete world knowledge and fake trivia and, uh, and uh, all based on my uh, universal knowledge of uh, everything I have made up, mm-hmm. which is lar- largely based on all of the shrapnel of trivia and small, weird little facts that have accrued in my brain over these 43 years. And you, Griffin, are but a child, right? You are 17, 19 years old. 13, you? 13 years old. Big for his age. Whoa, whoa, easy there, big brothers. <laughs> Just ribbon. I understand, but tell me your actual chronological age. Uh, 27, yeah, uh, Gr- Gregorian years. Yeah, you're, so, you know, we, we, all, we all pick up and accrue a lot of weird facts over our years, and as we get older and weirder, we tend to spout them with even more and more authority. When I was your age, I was acting like a 35-year-old. Now I'm 43. And I'm acting like uh, a man um, sniffing the air coming up from his grave. But as it is, (laughs) I can help the youths of today because of the experience I've had as as a famous minor television personality, internet judge... uh, And uh, father and and longtime uh, uh, monogamist. We actually, we actually, this may surprise you, John. We pulled down a very mature crowd. We we pulled down the the like the Burke's Law audience. You know, what, basically our main cross section. You know what I love about your show is that you start out by saying this is not for kids, and then you just swear and swear and swear. <laughs> and it, Wait, it, it's liber it's it, it's it's liberating. It's it's freaking liberating. I dare say. <laughs> Uh, all right, John. Time to put your um, your wisdom to the test with these uh, hit questions from our listeners. Because they Here are comes, correct answers. They are correct answers to these. Here comes the first. One. <laughs> I recently grew out a mustache. It's not quite as impressive as your own masterpiece, but I think it works. The problem is I keep getting this paranoid feeling that everyone around me thinks it's meant ironically. Can I stop for tips? a second? Did yeah, you say? Course. Did you did you say masterpiece? I said masterpiece. I I wish I said mouthsterpiece. Mouthsterpiece uh, would be right. Uh, do you have any wow. tips for making it obvious that the lip hair is sincere? Or two, getting over this feeling and not giving a shit. That's from Hunter. Well, no, I mean the 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 exercise of growing facial hair is a existential exercise as much as it is physical exertion. At least for me, that counts as physical exertion. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours a day, just flexing your upper lip. Yeah, it it, it you, you what you what you appreciate when you grow a mustache is that um, you are repulsing everyone, even 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 the people who love you the most. The people who love you the most will be the most uh, repelled by by your hideousness because they knew they knew the the best version of you, which is to say. Pre-mustache. The, the, they, they certainly knew the smoothest, most baby-like version of you. And I know you brothers all rock a bunch of different facial hair configurations. And so you know that the mustache in particular, despite pockets of, of mustachism in, 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 ver- in various college-educated parts of Brooklyn and Austin, Texas, I dare say, where it is, where it is being celebrated like a, like a, like a, like a pre-prohibition cocktail, which is to say, loathsomely. 
The mustache is is lar- is largely a, a sim a symbol of of middle age, uh, um, r- 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 resigna- resignation. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, quitting is right. Middle aged quitting, and and growing one. The process of growing one is a is a hideous thing to watch. And then when it becomes fully uh, ripened, it is no better. Um, and so what you do when you grow a mustache is that you are undertaking a profoundly selfish journey uh, to see to see what there is inside of you, at least behind your upper lip. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine I'm trying to imagine you in that that uh, pupation phase. And I don't want to even try and guess what it is for you because it's different for everybody. Right. For Sam Elliott, it's it's 45 seconds for Michael Sarah. It's been. It's just it's just been going. It's just been going for a long time. I, I cannot imagine you in did did you cloister yourself for the the period of time in which you were just, you had a um, no. what what we affectionately call a stinder stash uh, because it is the type of mustache of the a gentleman uh, that you might see in the West End of Huntington, West Virginia. Well, hang on. <laughs> What, when you had a halfway mustache, when you had what, a halfway, you, what is the derivation of? St- no, I understand the question, but I need like a west ender. A west ender, okay, a stender stash. All right, I thought I, I can actually answer this one for John. Thank you. You saw John Hodgman when he had. He has been posting to Instagram yeah. updates of his mustache growth. Yeah, this is a timely conversation because, in in a in a fit of good taste, uh, I, I irrationally shaved off all of my facial hair. <laughs> Um, just one week and a half ago, and uh, and it was interesting because I, I I thought well you know I I deployed every every follicle that I could over the summer because I am like I am like a stender. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, sure. You, you know a Huntington, West Virginia, by any chance? <laughs> I've heard, <laughs> heard, of it. heard of it. Sure. So you know what a stender is? Yes, Ab- absolutely. That's I should mention that our thirty-six million listeners are all based in in Huntington, West Virginia. So. <laughs> It's a, it's it's really it's really they all they all are based there, but they live out elsewhere. Yeah, they, they all come back. They, they, come they come back on Monday. They come back to listen to our live recording of the podcast. I grow a terrible I grow a terrible beard, and I was away with my family uh, for most of the summer outside of civilization, which is to say in Maine. And I therefore decided to deploy every follicle that I could just to see who was lurking inside of me, and it turned out to be the IT guy from the Church of Satan, and everyone got really upset. <laughs> everyone in my family got really upset with me, and so I decided, well, you know, it's been a long time. I'll definitely shave off the beard, and since it's been now almost four years since I've had a mustache, I don't want to feel dependent upon it. Certainly. And I want to yeah. see. Crush. I want to yeah. see who's in there, you know, who's, who's, behind, who's behind the curtain of I, hairs. And I, I, feel like that, I feel like that idea of the summer camp facial hair experience is a is a very uh um universal one so much so that i actually applied for a job at a a summer camp when i was in high school uh and the application expressly forbade uh the facial hair experiment right it expressly for and i'm not sure this is not a joke It, it literally said on the application that if you are coming in without facial hair, this is not now a canvas is, on which now is for facial experimentation. Yeah, we, exactly. We expect you to haze each other and and question your sexuality and and mm-hmm. and have and, and do experiments in human cruelty here at camp, but no creeps, please. And be sure to beat the kids from the jock camp across the lake. In the, do you want to know something? Dodgeball I, fight. 
we were so we were we were in in Maine, Vacation Land, USA. They they called it Vacation <laughs> Land. That's what it's. That's on the license plates. And I figured out, oh, they 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 in 1820 when they invented Maine, they called it Vacation Land because they hadn't figured out what a vacation is yet. They <laughs> sure, because they they couldn't call it America's Canada. Right. Exactly. But so uh, my human son went to a, went to a camp on a lake, a day camp, and one and one day I was driving home and he goes, "Those kids across the lake at that other camp are such snobs." <gasps> and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, that's the rich kids' camp, and they are snobs." <laughs> Did you just covertly get a small video camera out and start your your found footage uh, camp movie? Yeah, yeah, and that's how we that's how we ended up driving off the road because I got on my. <laughs> but you know, my son, my son uh, is uh, is nine years old and has never seen Meatballs. He's never oh. seen any of those movies. I don't know where this is coming from. And what's interesting is, at no point did I ever believe that it could be true <laughs> that there was a rich kids camp across the lake. It was too on the nose. I thought some of the older counselors were gaslighting the kids. <laughs> I, there, there have to be some sort of zoning laws about yeah. camp to camp proximity. Yeah, it was just, that, we, that someone saw meatballs and said, "No, this cannot, this cannot come to pass." Somebody saw heavyweights and said, "We can't let the fat camp be close to the skinny camp." No, 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 no. Uh, heavyweights. <laughs> Now you're now I'm going to be up all night researching that. Thank you for getting Shanana out of my mind. Uh, but it turns out there is there's a rich kids camp across the lake, and it is like the richest of rich kids camp. It is like the the sons of roy, of Middle Eastern royalty. Now is it possible <laughs> that those kids camp. are all actually really thoughtful and nice, but everyone's just like, but they're snobs. Such snubs, and the kids are really giving and sweet and like caring. What? If no, kids- no, because what? I mean, I'm sure that there are some of them there. There's there's a good egg in every camp full of Middle Eastern princes, but <laughs> the old adage. But I asked around town. They're like, yeah, those kids are monsters. Oh. They all you, they, I, I, they sorry, wear matching I, I, they wear matching purple tracksuits. Oh, the worst! And they're constantly going through town and causing trouble, and then and then they have huge lug- luxury motor coaches that take them on on trips to Acadia National Park and such. And at the so, end of each year, they burn an owl in effigy. Yeah, and they sure. return to their business jobs. Yeah, it's a it's the place where the 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 son of a of a white man who went to Yale University can feel like a working stiff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, to answer your question, so to answer Hunter, your question. <laughs> Here's the thing. Next question. Here's the thing. Your mustache is going to look bad for a while, and then it will be a mustache, and it will continue to look bad. (laughs) Well, let me just say, a mustache over a beard is is more provocative than a beard. The only facial hair configuration that I think invites more derision and confusion would be an Amish neck beard and nothing else, which I'm working on next. But it, all of this facial hair is, is basically an invitation to the world to make a bunch of dumb cracks. You can't control what they're going to think about your face any more than you can control what they're going to think about your face. And it is exactly what you suspect it is. A journey into self-confidence where you realize my face and, uh, is, is more important than or what I want to do with my face is more important than what other people think of me. And I will take comfort in the fact that 
I will be totally alone and no one will kiss me or love me for a period of time. <laughs> and if well, okay. I'll shave your basketball number in the back of your head. Sure. Bonk. This I... is almost, that, that bit was almost one of those Dove commercials that always go viral. That's like, you are beautiful. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you any differently. I thought this was going to be our hit. And then Travis comes in with the basketball number shit. Yeah. And then we lost it forever. <laughs> I thought and we were probably going to inspire some people. I'm moving on to a new question. And, and please say, and please, me. can I just clarify? I'm not saying that anyone is beautiful. I'm just saying. Oh no! You know we're, we're ghastly. We're all, we're, all, we're all pretty. We're all pretty ugly in different ways. The ones who are ugly on our faces are tend to be the lucky ones. I have been a bookseller for seven years. Not me. This is the question. Yeah. And I fine. think my next. I thought. I thought, probably... I thought you were asking me to euthanize you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my next career step is probably either working at a publisher or a literary agent, so your first instinct wasn't too far off. Yeah. As a former terribly famous uh, professional literary agent, do you have any suggestions on how to start? Are there courses I should go back to school for? Do you just start in the mailroom and see if anything opens up? I also re uh, have amicable relationships with a few decently well-known authors within my favorite genre. would say mm. getting character references from them on my resume made me more enticingly employable, and that's from... <clears throat> Searching to shuffle spots on the sinking ship of signature. Your uh, signature is extremely accurate. You are you are moving from deck chair to deck chair on a sinking ship, and all of the deck chairs are on fire. <laughs> uh, Even the band has quit, and they've escaped the sinking ship. Yeah, the ba the ba the band is making apps now. They're like, this is stupid. <laughs> Now look, you press here, it sounds like a violin. <laughs> oh, here's a million dollars. But you love books and, and you know, you, you, you can't do, you can't change what you love, sadly. Um, the only problem is that you have it exactly right. It is essentially just start in the mailroom. That's what it was 20 years ago when I started. I did, I consulted some friends of mine who are still in the book industry, who are in a position to hire people. And first of all, they're not interested in what authors you know, and they don't want to hire you. And second, uh, they're like, yeah, we, we have an internship program. This was at my old literary agency, Writer's House, which is a great place. You know, we have an internship program here. We hire from our internship pool. That's how you learn. It's an apprenticeship system. Um, usually young people come in who will tolerate very small salaries in order to be around things that they love, and then they learn the business from within. There are... Publishing courses you can take. The the Columbia Columbia has a publishing course, which I think is a non-degree course, um, and then NYU has a master's degree in publishing. But and certainly that will put you into the city where book publishing happens and put you in contact with people who are doing it. But ultimately, it is a network and apprenticeship arranged business, just like Hollywood, just like podcasting. Um, and I think the, the, the warning that you have to take is that you are going to have to start over. Your seven years in book selling um, will aid you, but will not allow you to make any kind of lateral move. You're going to have to start low. They can read, I assume. So they have that skill. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think being a bookseller is an, in, I don't know what's, what's more interesting. I, if I were you and if you love books and you love making books, I would go work for an agency because agencies control the thing, or not control, but have influence over and can nurture that which has value in a, in a world of changing media, which is 
creative people. Are they the bad boys of like the publishing industry? You mean like, are we the Shanana of the publishing industry? Yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I became aware of Bowser from Shanana because of his appearance on a late night, uh, like time life compilation program. And it was so sad because it was some some woman of, of indeterminate fame. And this guy, Bowser from Shanana, who's basically like selling you his culture this is the last he was sort of boxing it all up for you and asking you to make an offer before he unhinges his jaw and swallows you whole whole. i I don't know how much shanana is is going to track with the humans who listen to your program but what i would encourage them not to do is look too deeply into the shanana abyss Because they're, it's not, these guys were, you know, this is this, this is this, uh, this 50s nostalgia group that formed in 1968, <laughs> eight years <laughs> after, eight years after the thing, they formed a nostalgia group, but it only, oh, here we go. It only, the only reason it worked. <laughs> and, and we're off to on. the races. Here we go. The only reason it worked is nostalgia was that there had been this profound cultural change in, in <laughs> sure. music and culture. And so it truly was as though the 50s had been, you know, time warped out of existence 5,000 years. And they represented a completely different culture. These guys up at Columbia University started singing these doo-wop songs from 15 years before or 10 years before. And suddenly they're this oldies act. And then they go to Woodstock, and then they get a TV show out of it. They're all really talented dudes, but none of them have... They have that that completely, it, it, like, weird rock and roll pedigree, which is that they're all white guys from Massachusetts. They have no <laughs> R&B behind them at all. They're dancing and singing in Gold LeMay, and their show is somewhere between, you know, uh, 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 the malt shop and Studio 54. There's so much bared chest hair. One of the cool guys is like 37 years old and bald. It is insane. This is like a warm, this is like a warm blanket, this description that you're just (laughs) draping over me on a camping trip. The question, there are just so many, I know, I know. Now, did you, you shaved, right? Okay, then I'll tell you the story of Shanana. The questions that these, they're talented and terrible at the same time. They're dancing. It is the laziest choreography that I've ever seen. Big Lenny, who plays the saxophone, who's from my home commonwealth of Massachusetts and is still still alive and still out there blowing sax. This guy, <laughs> this guy's got a beautiful tenor voice, but should not be on TV. Not because he doesn't have a good look, but he has no presence whatsoever on TV. He's constantly flapping his arms around while he sings like some obese bird. It's insane. <laughs> like everything about it. And, and then they all quit. They all quit and became uh, uh, doctors and attorneys and professors. One of them is a linguistics professor at Hofstra University, and uh, and they're, and they're all they're all professionals now. Those who who are still with us, uh, except for Bowser, who's still out there selling the grease, right? And then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Jocko, Donnie, and Screamin' Scott. The nice thing about his starting in '68 with the '50s uh, uh, culture for Bowser is that now. If you are not aware of their history, he just looks like somebody who's aged really, really well. How is this guy still hanging with this this lifestyle? Because it was close right. enough to the 50s that he just seems like a really, really old guy who looks fantastic. 
I, I, appending the word, by the appending, way. Uh, well, I know. Yeah, but I, uh, this is what this is what I've been thinking about all night long, you guys. <laughs> Everyone, you know what? You can all go down this hole together. Let's go. I'm to the catching next up on this, John, and you are very right about this gentleman. I got distracted from the conversation, and I just yeah. wanted to say that uh, Bowser from Shadana is a co-founder of a group called Senior Votes Count, which is a political action committee for old people. You guys, I think the rest of this podcast should just be the, the sound of us all just quietly clicking the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and then just speaking up when you find an interesting shot. That's what my fact. third of the program usually is. Uh, here's a question for yes. everybody. What dishes would all three of you cook on a cooking competition? There's somebody not great with math. There are four of us now. But anyway, what dishes would you cook on a cooking competition? I'm going to be quiet for a minute. I'm just going to say scrambled eggs. The end. Go. <laughs> oh, that was going to be mine. Was going to be. You know what I do? Well, that that's I what makes it a competition. From the frugal gourmet, I mm-hmm. learned this recipe to make an omelet that has uh, 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 apples cooked in brandy. And then you put those in the omelet. That's really good. I think I'd probably make that. Justin, you and I need... Just you're bringing up the frugal gourmet means you and I need to go sit on a porch somewhere for a couple of hours. <laughs> and you know about his sad history. Well, I'm not going to say had. The, the sadness that he brought. Yeah, He was he a founder of Sha Na Na, and then they forced him out. <laughs> he was not in Sha Na Na. You're too if frugal. You had, Get out of here. If you had told me that the frugal gourmet, or as my Uncle Jim used to call him, frug, <laughs> had been had had a segment on Shanana in its fourth year of syndication in 1981. I would be so, I would believe it so hard, and I would hate you for yeah. the rest of my life when I learned it wasn't true. We were but making like, a lot of money on Shanana, and we want to spend it on shit. <laughs> no, 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 not so fast. But Justin, seriously, let's not let's not go down a frug hole. Let's let these guys answer. Uh, probably some sort of pie. Oh, really? I, I know it's 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 not a great tactic, like a dessert, like a dessert pie or a chicken pot Shh. pie. Uh, no, a dessert pie, not a yeah. not a quiche. Um, you make uh, a, yeah. a dessert pie, probably something with uh, uh, pecans or blueberries inside of it. Yeah, it's like but, the only thing I can do that I feel confident uh, do you, about. Do you, do you do you do you bake with uh, with shortening or butter or what? No, I typically store by the the crust, which I know is blasphemous. But Whoa. by which I you know this what, is what I'm saying. Do you know what you get for that at the at the state fair? A, a black ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> and that means you're going to be killed within 24 hours. Exactly. And then the crops will grow again. <laughs> uh, I make things incessantly, absurd drawing machines, books, musical instruments, and furniture, to name a few. I'm good at the solitary business of realizing these works, but my trouble is with the social effort required to sustain my ability to make them. I understand that people are most concerned with their own lives, and so talking casually about my projects or worse, promoting them makes me feel manipulative or conceited. How do you make people aware of what you're doing without making yourself feel obnoxious? So that's from Bashful in Brooklyn. What? I mean, that's what pr- promoters are for, right? That's who's like you a hire hype man. Who's, yeah, who's Bashful in Brooklyn? First of all, you're. <laughs> I I think that here are the things though that I would even though this person is a liar and a fraud, I can still address some advice to those of you who are out there who are making. Uh, choices of what to do with their lives creatively. And there is discomfort that comes and anxiety that comes in being a creative person. First of all, this this liar and fraud is correct, that most people are concerned with their own lives. No one cares about what you're making. And that's the way it should be. You make something that draws someone attention, that will happen naturally. You have an opportunity to put it out there, you do have to put it out there. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to be going on Twitter saying, check out my stuff, check out my stuff, check out my stuff. If, you, if the work 
is giving you pleasure, then it should give you enough pleasure to to put it up for sale or take a picture of it and put it on Tumblr or try to get it published or whatever. You don't have to be an incessant self-promoter. You don't have to sabotage yourself either. You and know what if, I find you know what I find helps with that? What? Have a What's wife that? or a friend with you that will do it for you and then you can act embarrassed about it. like, well, I uh, yeah, I do do this thing. Cuz that's what friends are for. Exactly. <laughs> For promoting your shit for you and well, you, then you do it for Sam. Exactly. It's, it's a, a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I made such good friends with Flavor Flav all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, you need a hype man. Exactly. Although, what the what the fuck have you done for Flavor Flav lately? <laughs> no, Flavor Listen, Flav is, is helping his brand. Wait, does Flavor Flav have his own hype man? Is it a, like an unending chain of hype? He has yes, an yes. more hype man. Yes, I think you put your finger on it exactly. That's it what actually, the internet it, is. It ends with me. Um... <laughs> Cause I'm, I just can't, I just can't get anybody going. <laughs> I got one more question in the yeah. TV's, the Cosby Show, uh, which Huxtable Child is the best in terms of plot lines, memorable sayings, and overall attitude. That's from Bill Lever in Baton Rouge. Really touching on your, your, your key practices, your, your strengths in, in the Cosby verse. Well, I I actually been catching up on a on a lot of the Cosby Show, on uh, on on the video on demand function of my cable box because they're funny. You know what, guys? Those were shows were well written, well written, funny, charming shows that my children love. They find it incredibly accessible, and they don't they don't they don't know anything about pattern matching from the eighties. Sure, they don't. <laughs> And now this internet stranger is trying to turn it into a Cosby Child blood sport. Right. Where they, they fight for dominance. That is not how Mr. Cosby ran the set, sir. Everyone there was held to high expectations, but they were a family. Just ask Malcolm Jamal Warner, who will not stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy. But one of the things, I, when I was a kid, I loved Peter, the Caucasian obese neighbor, because that was my entry point to the show. Your way in, and I obviously I I was in love with, and part of me still is in love with Lisa Bonet. Sandra, sure. no thanks. So Sa- Sandra is actually my favorite because uh, she is the she is the Schrodinger's Huxtable. In that, I, I don't know if you guys know this. In the pilot episode of the show, they do not acknowledge or accept her existence right. as an extant human being. They right, say, they... I think uh, either Claire or Cliff says. Don't be coy. You know exactly who says it. Uh, Claire says uh, something along the lines of, they, she says something along the lines of having four children. Right. A- addressing, I'm, I'm assuming, Denise and Theo and Rudy and Vanessa, while not <laughs> acknowledging Sandra's existence. So she doesn't come in until halfway through season one, and then she's only in like a few episodes. Well, are not you, a few. Are you suggesting that she's, uh, that she's a hallucination? <laughs> I'm assuming that she exists. <laughs> In, in in both quantum states mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the same time. At that moment, she she did not exist. Or maybe that was just like a really harsh... I'm going to look up the quote, because maybe they were just burning Rudy. Can we address that this exact strategy was applied to Miss Judy Winslow after the fifth season of Family Matters? Anybody? <laughs> they, Judy Winslow, the, the young daughter, disappeared. Like, it is it is beyond creepy. There After are, the fifth season, their daughter was erased, never to be mentioned again, from the from the stream, from the time stream. Uh, okay, well, so what, about, what about Richie's older brother on Happy Days? 
I think what we're saying everyone's siblings on every episode of Boy Meets World where suddenly someone (laughs) will have a sister for the purpose of an episode so someone is disappearing and reappearing the siblings of culture everyone there's a there's no one should be more concerned about it than you guys a sitcom Baba Yaga is is luring these children into the woods (laughs) (laughs) the exact line from the Cosby show in the pilot episode which does not acknowledge uh, Sandra Uh, it's it's Sandra theistic uh, Claire says, why do we have four children? Cliff says, because we did not want five. So it is entirely possible <laughs> yeah. that they are saying, Rudy, you were a, a, a mistake. Uh, you bring a, a lot of heat to this show, but um, uh, boy, howdy, we, we really should have stopped with an even quartet. I agree. I agree that Sandra is the most uncanny of the, of the Cosby siblings. <laughs> <laughs> you look at her and you, you just think like, am I looking at a... A person? Am I looking at anything right now? It's so hard to tell. She it goes makes into me another really room. Regret, and... It makes me really regret that I didn't come on to the show as the as the previously unannounced fourth McElroy brother. <laughs> Sadly, you're still John Hodgman, yeah. uh, popular personality uh, on the, the the television podcasts and films, and we're so uh, flattered and grateful that you made time to appear on our program today. It really means a lot to us. Well, and, I, and this. The Go stage? Ahead. Are you are you still uh, are you still on tour? Oh, thanks for asking. Yes, I'm doing uh, several stand-up comedy performances in October in Philadelphia, Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, Akron, and Pittsburgh, and then in November, in uh, oh, in Burlington, Vermont, Lebanon, New Hampshire, Hartford, uh, Connecticut, and Northampton, Massachusetts. Thanks. Have you ever thought about doing one in Huntington, West Virginia? There, uh, there, uh, there is a, a a very nice couple from West Virginia who will travel to any event I'm doing that is in within driving distance of their town in West Virginia, and the name of that town escapes me. It might be Charleston, the capital of West Virginia, but um, uh, uh, they're always saying we want to set up an event for you in West Virginia. We want to set up an event for you in West Virginia. I've always said, yeah, let's do it. I'd love to come. I've I've always wanted to see West Virginia, um, but then. They sent me photos from a burlesque evening they had where they all dressed up as their favorite characters and they had two people doing cosplay as me and Jonathan Colton making out. And I said, well, I guess I'll never go to West Virginia. <laughs> that's all we, that's well, all we do there, John, is, is, is dress up like you and Jonathan Colton and make out. It's, it's basically our national pastime, our statewide pastime. I would, like to, I would like to come to West Virginia ASAP. And if, if, if it's a, we actually saw your show in Austin... Uh, where I, uh, my wife and I did, and I almost accomplished my life's goal of throwing a piece of paper into David Reese's open mouth. Now, I was wondering a, if you were, yeah, that, that was... A dream I've been fostering for some time now. I have video backstage of everyone throwing those paper airplanes at David Reese from, from uh, in Austin, Texas, and I think I could probably help you f- figure out which one of, was yours. I came so close. Oh, my God. I scraped his cheek. He has, a, he has an enormous paper cut on his. Why chin didn't you? Why didn't you come out outside into the world with us afterward? I tell we tell him these things. Uh, I, I'm just an enormously socially inept. Just, I it's thought it's, to reach out to you, and I apologize. Next time, is I Griffin will. here? Hello, let me stop the show. Is Griffin here? I, I mean, I told you my seat and row in, in the hopes <laughs> that you would come out when you were cold calling the audience that you would come out and fetch me, but. He did the dog pound. Griffin was the one woofing the loudest. You should have heard him. Let me hear your dog pound. Maybe I'll remember it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over again, though. Just a wow. 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 Great. Wow. Wow. Great. Wow. 
Wow, I do. If you, you if know you, what? I do. I do remember it now. That was, if you heard somebody it was not, haunting, maybe was not enjoying the jokes in the way that you are traditionally <laughs> comfortable with, but rather just seemed sort of bemused the whole time. That was wow, funny. wow. So I did a show in Washington D.C. on Friday night, in which I revealed that my uh, my elderly cat Petey had finally gone to his rest, and Aww. someone in, someone in the third row went. Woo! <laughs> oh no! Oh. I mean, that was the like, greatest. That was the greatest thing to happen in a comedy show. Let me tell you. Sure. I didn't what, have to do what, anything else for the rest of the night. I just had to make fun of this monster in the third row. John Hodgman, thank you so much for joining us. We sure appreciate you. Thank you for taking control of the situation. <laughs> it's what I do. Thank you so much, uh, John Hodgman, for joining us. That was a hoot. I, I had a lot of fun. I was really nervous about it before. We were all talking about how. Nervous we were before. Not me. I'm cool as yeah. I'm cool as shit. That's I'm, a lie. I'm crossing my check it. Yeah, I'm crossing my arms right now. It's like a, my cool pose. Like I, I have my arms. Oh, crossed. so not like obstinately. You're like posing. No, they're like, like at a, like a oh, rakish angle. Cool. Uh huh. Just remind everybody, it's Max Fun Week. Still, it was Max Fun Week at the beginning of this program, and it's still Max Fun Week. There's still a lot going on. Today is share your favorite episode day. So go tweet about your favorite episode of a Max Fun program don't forget that max fun week hashtag and uh tuesday that's tomorrow is max fun rocket coloring day so there's gonna be a picture of our max our trademark max fun rocket it's trademark so don't try and copy that shit jerk yeah but travis would you like to promo uh your appearances yes i would thank you um so the as of recording this um my JJ Go episode went up uh, last Monday. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was a dream come true. We've been fans of theirs for a long, long time. Um, so go check it out. I, I enjoyed doing it, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, I was also on an episode of Lady to Lady, another uh, wonderful podcast on the Max Fun Network that if you haven't checked out, please do. Um, and that was released on the 15th. Um, they're three wonderful ladies, very sweet to work with, um, and I had a great time, and I hope you enjoyed that episode too. Um, if you haven't listened to all the other Max Fun, like Max Fun Week is the time to listen to the other shows. So we've got new shows that you should check out, um, shows that have been with us for a while that maybe you've just never found a good time to check out. And this is the time, my friends. Quit making excuses. And also, I'm on Judge John Hodgman, although I do not know when that episode goes up. And you It'll- should listen to Sawbones, which is Justin's other show on the Maximum Fun Network. And Justin, you were also on JJ Go for Max Fun Drive this month. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but it was fun too. Everybody, uh, check it out. Go listen to shows. I want to thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song as a departure off the album "Putting the Days to Bed." Uh, he's a dear, uh, a dear, dear friend and life guide and spirit animal. And uh, he's my spirit animal. And uh, thanks again to John Hodgman. Thank you to you, the listeners. Um, Max Fun Week is a time for uh, for our listeners to celebrate the, the network, but really, the way I see it, it's a time for us to celebrate you all who make this uh, possible. Um, you're all, like, the coolest, uh, the, the our fucking rock, our island in the stream. You are legitimately one of the best things in my life, not to speak for my brothers, but... Um, I could all, take or like, leave the you. Absolute best. Um, I, I could take or leave him. No, that's not true. You're you're my rock also. Um, next week we're gonna have a Bros Better Bros Best compilation because I'm currently in Japan. Not like now, but when it goes, this episode goes up, I'll be in Japan. Sorry, 
I just had to get over there. They need me right now. <laughs> Griffin's got to fix some shit. I got, I got gnip, gnop. I got shit to pop. <laughs> and uh, that's gonna do it for us, Griffin. Do you have a final? Uh, Is everything you okay? Final. You have a final uh, Yahoo. Yeah. Did you forget the name of the service? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I spaced for a second. Uh, yeah. This uh, Yahoo was sent in by Drew Davenport. Thank you, Drew Davenport. It's by Yahoo Answers user Nokia who asks. Why do I feel guilty for eating fruit? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad. Square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Do you think it's okay to finish someone else's food? Do you have a fight with your friend over whether or not he should wear his Phillies garb to a Colorado Rockies game? Does your wife want to keep a chamber pot in her art studio? If so, please do not write in to Judge John Hodgman. I heard all those cases already. Judge John Hodgman is the show where I, John Hodgman, adjudicate disputes between real people calling in over the internet, and I tell them who is right and who is wrong over such important issues as, is a machine gun a robot, and is it okay to go through the garbage at the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage? Bailiff Jesse Thorne rounds out the cast for a fun-filled podcast of judgment and justice. Kind of two of the same thing, actually. Judge John Hodgman... Take a listen if you do not mind. I order it. Come visit the courtroom. It is open to all and located at MaximumFun.org.